Welcome back to Roadmap, Auto Trader UK's product and tech podcast, and for a deep dive on artificial intelligence at Auto Trader. So now AI is a hot topic right now, and to bring things to life, I've got some super super clever people joining me today, who I've been um, reassured are actually human beings and not cyborgs. Um, so first up, I've got Catriona uh, McPhee, head of Strategy Insights. Hey. Hello. Uh, next up, Darren Haken, Engineering Director. Hi. Hi. Hi, Darren. And uh, last but not least, uh, we've got Peter Anthony Appleby, <laughs> Head of Data Science and Analytics. Hello, Peter. Hello. Hello. Right. So, going to start off because this is exciting, but I am an absolute newbie to this subject. And when people talk AI, I just think of Terminator and the end of the world. So... Jogs aside, uh, just if you could, between yourselves, or sum up what AI is, your role within AI, and role within AI or trader. I'm going to start with you, Darren. Me? Yeah, I would have yes, thought you yeah. started at the... Oh, we can start with Peter, the other end. Eh? No, well, right, I don't... Well, there we go. Well, Peter's taken it. He's sure. over Tokyo. <laughs> go on, Pete. Okay. I mean, AI is uh, it's, it's a term that's been around for quite a long time. It's become a bit of a catch-all term for any kind of data, machine learning, um, driven sort of um, techniques that give intelligent-like behavior. Could be anything from uh, sort orders on a website when you're looking for stock in our case, um, through to things like valuations models that we have. So it's become very, very broad. Um, so my role within AI Autotrader, so as, as uh, leading the uh, analytics team, so I look after all of the sort of machine learning and uh, AI and data science things that we do. We have quite a big team now doing um, uh, data and insights to help drive better decisions across the whole business. So that's quite a quite a broad role. Um, I think we're in almost most corners of the business now. We have analysts and scientists embedded in teams. So um, yeah, it's going very very well from that perspective. Yeah. So Doctor AI, what about yourself then, Darren? Yeah. So I actually joined AutoTrader. I've been here about seven years now. To and one of the big focuses was around data. AI. We don't. I don't think we just labelled it all as AI at that point. But with the hype that's gone on in the last twelve months, we've we seem to have jumped that in that direction. But uh, one of my big focuses is that how we maximise our use of data from the from the engineering side. So do we have the right technology platform that helps us work with data, self serve access analytics? But with the AI part, how do we actually take all that data and turn it into? things that are artificial intelligence as it as it were cool so, so do you two work tight then do you very we do yeah i mean without the, the platform um you can't implement any of this stuff so the, the the science and the machine learning is important but you know you need the platform to work hand in hand but that yeah so it's the whole piece really the tip of the iceberg sometimes is where the artificial intelligence sort of comes together and we, we see it in action but to get to get there we need technology data um also our people engineers scientists analysts a lot so yeah we work we work together a lot on that stuff Hold on a sec. Yo, what's that? 74.8% people not subscribed. You're joking. Hold on. Right, listen, we're going to get taken off air. If you're liking these podcasts, remember to like and subscribe because we need to get these numbers up. Otherwise, it's time for the... And what about yourself, Catriona? So I think, I guess a big part of our role in the strategy team is to think about the big changes that are going to happen in the industry or even outside the industry and how it's going to impact kind of our consumers or our customers or auto trader and obviously kind of AI and the advancements particularly in LLMs are going to be a big change that happens for us in the next already happening but in the next few years um, so it's definitely an area we've been trying to understand a lot about and working working with 
um, the rest of the business to see like what are the big opportunities, what are the big risks, what do we need to think about. Um, so I'm definitely I'm not a data scientist, I'm not technical. So any of those questions I'll be avoiding. Yeah, well I think you've already blown my mind with like LLMs and Chat GPT and whatever. So actually just thinking like like actually all the terminology out there, like the history of AI, because you you read the press and it's like you said it's the last few years, it's like it's big news. But where like how long has AI been around? What are the the technologies, the common things that we're talking about? So I don't know. Well, let's go pain, I'll yeah. start with that one. It's, it's been around for a long time, so it, it's changed its meaning over the years. Uh, a lot of early AI research was about um, game playing, chess, later Go, that kind of thing. And then it's moved on to these these sort of um, neural network, large neural network like LLMs more recently. So, But even with LLMs, it's not a um, a new technology. It's been around for a while. So what, sorry, what, what does LLM stand for? Uh, LLM stands for large language model. So the large is because it's a large neural network, and the language is because at least... Um, Initially, they were trained on text, um, although they have expanded recently to be multimodal. So that's text and, and vision as well. Is that crystal clear for you? <laughs> I think my, this side of my brain just melted. Did it? Uh, we, what about the example you, you know, when we were um, like exploring AI to kind of help? A lot of people have been asking these questions. Yeah. You had a great thing, Pete, which was the, um, the first sort of starting point of AI, which was it like 1800s? Oh, yes, yes. So um, I had some slides from like the board uh, recently, and I was talking about the Mechanical Turk, which was a chess playing machine, um, but it was a hoax. It was someone inside actually playing chess. Then the point was about that was it's um, it's always kind of fascinated people, I think, the idea of a machine that can compute and you know even think and do human-like tasks. So AI really has a very long history. It's fascinated people for a very long time. I think it's only now with the scale of the computing and the data that we have available some of these things can come to fruition. It's it's because of the internet, it's because of cloud computing, that's what's making it all possible. So yeah, imagine a man in a box and you just think, wow, that's artificial intelligence, a machine is doing things, but it's not. So so the, well, we've been fascinated with it for hundreds of years, but with technology and the amount of data that we have access to in the modern world compared to what we did, um, Alexa sort of apply lots of techniques that were just not possible in the past. So it is very, very exciting. Yeah. Your, your point about the, the large language model that is, is a new, exciting area. Um, it's all really about language. So now these sort of AI techniques let us process language, unstructured information, books, literature, tweets, posts on Facebook, you know, content pages, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's letting us sort of access all of that in a way that wasn't, wasn't possible before. Yeah. So this is very exciting. So what, like, so me as a as a regular, non-scientist person, like, where would I start to see him in like my day-to-day life then? Because I remember, like, as a kid playing chess, um, whatever against the machine that absolutely batter you. So I remember that as you know, twelve, thirteen year old. Like, but when really did it start to go into like our money catching on his daily lives? Is AI yeah. before now or with LLMs in particular? Just generally. Well, I think I think uh, AI techniques have always been there and they've always been kind of in the background. I think what's changed with LLMs is that because the interface is natural language, it's how we normally communicate. So you can literally speak to it in your normal everyday language. Like, like Alexa sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I think why, why this changes things so much is that is on a regular basis, we have to engage with data sets and domains that we're not experts in. Um, and being able to talk in the language that we use day to day is that allows us to access these data sets without 
being a technical expert. So Autotrade is a good example with the taxonomy of the cars. It's not an everyday thing that people talk about, but we, we might speak in natural language about those things. I want a, a big car that has a certain amount of performance or boot size or whatever. Um, it allows us to translate that natural language into that taxonomy. So in a way it unlocks, you can become an expert in pretty much everything because you can describe what you want in your everyday language and not have to be an expert in that domain. That's why it's so interesting. Yeah. I think as a consumer or a person in society, I, I think the the starting point of feeling like AI was a bit more there for you was probably about 10 years ago. It is kind of crazy at the moment with things like ChatGPT that like everybody's wanting to talk to me about AI, especially when they know that I'm kind of into that thing. It's crazy now, but even just things like, you know, Facebook, there's a square and it goes, that's Darren on the photo. It's kind of remarkable and it is AI. Spotify recommending things for you to listen to, Netflix doing the same. It It is in our kind of society, but the whole chat GPT and large algorithm thing recently is, is just another level of obsession from people. Yeah. Um, even to the point like when we've spoken to people and like when we've been doing the research together and everything around this stuff, the whole other, all that stuff like Alexa, Facebook, it's now called classic machine learning or classic AI. People are calling it that, like it's some sort of, like, like you're, the 18- yeah, exactly. Like you're referencing things to <laughs> like the 1800s. Baseball. It's like, it was probably five years ago. Um, and it's kind of remarkable, yeah. you know, um, self-driving cars, computer vision, you know, all this stuff's been talked about for a long time. But the, the the hype is unbelievable. I've never seen such an obsession as I have since ChatGPT. But it makes sense why when you think about it, because it's such a um, a natural way. Like we're talking together right now. It's the most natural thing humans do together is talk. I know you, you you're looking a little bit cynical now about this. That's good to say. <laughs> is it natural or natural for you? I don't know. It's not natural for me. <laughs> but anyway, oh, let's yeah, you let's, let's, uh, let's not have that recording. Yeah. Today. <laughs> But like, like actually, you know, I mean, like, I, I think we bumped into each other your know, first week at a conference. Like, when did you get your interest peaked on this? Because, like, like, you said you're not a data scientist or, or on the technical side. So, when did you start to, from like a strategy insight? Oh wow, this is this is something now that's really starting to take off and get interested in. Yeah, I think probably probably only in the past couple of years. I mean, I think as a consumer, I'd obviously experienced it in lots of different parts of life, but hadn't probably spent a lot of time digging into it or really thinking about what is the data, what's the tech behind it, how do all these amazing products actually come to life. But I mean, definitely in the past couple of years, and then like you say, since ChatGPT, I feel like the interest in the industry and the investors and lots of different people has really heightened. So there's been a lot more of an, we need to really dig into this, really think about possibilities, opportunities. so, I mean, obviously, we're at Autotrader. There's a lot of other people that have been thinking about it and working in AI for a lot longer than I have. Yeah. Um, so it's been really interesting to just learn a bit more from them and really yeah. try to get under the skin of it a bit more. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the thing that when we were doing a little bit of chatting beforehand is that blew your mind is not the going back into the 1800s or the 60s, but it was more like, I remember Pete Appleby turning up and like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this guy? Um, and then you wind on eight, nine years, and then you can see all the groundwork we've done doing. So I'm fascinated. So not my story, Pete. It's probably yourselves from a platform and a capability perspective. But like, when did we start doubling down? Like, not from like, a, we're going to talk externally, but from actually building a, I'm going to call it an AI capability. I, I think we, I think that started for me back in 2014 when I, when I joined the company. 
we started investing in data science and machine learning. We started growing that team, um, and we've grown it very steadily uh, over the past sort of almost 10 years now. It's about 35 now, so it's a, a big team. There's a lot of um, commercial experience, but also PhD postdoc experience. I think that's the foundation that's allowed us to build these AI models that we are building. Um, but at the same time, we built the tech platform to support them. As I mentioned earlier, that's very, very important. Uh, otherwise, it's just research work. It's not actually a tangible product. So um, I think we've just been very steady with that. There's not a particular moment that we would say we started doing this. I think we've been doing it since 2014, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And going on, sorry, and going back to like the capability and the, the scientists. So were you our first, were you our first data scientist? I was, was, yes. Was you? Yes. The first. So how many data scientists do we have now? Um, we have a, mm, actual data scientists, maybe around eight or 10. Right. Uh, and the, the team as a whole is 35. Yeah. So that's uh, analysts and scientists. And when you come to scientists, is that like astrophysicist, PhD? We, we do have a lot of people with a physics background. I have a physics background myself um, from Manchester. And physics seems to be a good prep for the kind of machine learning and AI stuff that we do. Yeah. I think it's that critical thinking, that that kind of construction of, of models describing something. Yeah. I sometimes think of our website as it's almost like a miniature little universe with its own laws that are there to be discovered. And we're trying to figure out what those rules are. And, uh, and encode them in it. Yeah, this is starting to make it more with my ID. So I've got this little, like now, I'll trade this little circle and little oceans and gravity. That's it, yeah. Cosmos We're trying to discover the laws of motion in our, our website. Um, <clears throat> uh, so what was the question? The <laughs> <laughs> question was about scientists. Blanket, yeah. Gone up into some sort, yeah, of, uh, yeah. some sort of universe here. I mean, when we started, first started doing it, data science wasn't really a thing uh, that you could get a degree in. It, it is now, you can do data science machine learning. But we've had a lot of success recruiting people from quite different backgrounds. But physics has been a, a good one for us in mathematics. Yeah. And then from the platform capability side then, Darren. So, like, again, was that at the same time as we started bringing data scientists in? Or was that something that later we started to invest in? So I think the the change that happened from engineering, well, just in fact of how organizations use data, is that most companies, maybe before, around the, before Peter joined at least, would have used data mostly for reporting so you tend to have like analytics with reports generated which would you know let you see how many consumers are on auto trader every day that kind of thing and that's generally what a lot of companies did with data and i actually worked uh many 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 years ago for another company where we did data in that space and so and i vowed um, obviously i vowed and went back on this but i would never never do that again i didn't enjoy it because a lot of the data stuff at that point in time wasn't very engineering it wasn't about programming it wasn't about building things around data in that sort of way but i feel like i'm trying to i'm going to attribute this too much to peter it's almost like he is go ahead, go well, ahead. I, I, like yeah, that, but, right I don't want your head to hit the mic <laughs> well i think it's but um <laughs> we've got a we've already referenced we've got a before peter there's a yeah there's a it's like you know like, BPC. like yeah. 2014 2013 was before peter yeah 2014 there is a there is that yeah peter. Um, but there was a, there was a sort of change really in in the way uh, cloud technologies and the evolution of technology that meant how we how we wanted to approach data um, needed needed to change and to, to terms like big data. So we saw this um, explosion of data in the world as well, like access to phones, you know, I, IoT devices, Alexas, just the amount of data pumping through everything has just shot up over the last ten years, and so technology has changed because of it. Um, and that's really what the sort of shift for Autotrader probably was around um, around the time Peter joined or just slightly after, which was 
moving more from using data just not just but for the purpose of it solely for reporting and how do we expand our what we work with our data to do, to do around things like artificial intelligence machine learning self-serve data integrating more data into our products and that was the the investment we've we've been going on really um, but it is a huge change and i, I kind of went back on my vow never to do it because it is just such a different landscape now it's very yeah. engineering focused um, and so today in Oil Trader, we, we describe it as we build our data platform. That's what we call the sort of bundling of things that makes it possible for us to do um, AI and other things. But it's the, it's the capabilities. It's our technology platform around data. But it is such a shift in that space. And really, that's been building up to doing more and more with AI. And then I think our journey with that is we've, we've integrated uh, machine learning AI techniques into lots of our products and services. Consumers and retailers might see that. They might not because it might be something that's behind yeah, the scenes. I was going to ask, yeah, I was going to ask, catch you on that really. Like, again, from you do a lot of work externally, is what things within the auto trader universe, as now Pete's called it, and that you actually talk about externally and, and, and pinpoint these are things that if you're thinking AI, look at this particular capability and it brings it to life. Is there particular ones that you like double down on when you talk externally or? Um, I, th I feel like this is quite a recent thing for us to really pinpoint things. I think one of the things that I found is that the is fascinating how much AI is used in so many different areas of AutoTrader that we probably didn't used to talk about that much externally. Um, but I think even for consumers within their search journey, there's lots of different things that they'll be experiencing that are using AI. So even things like the price flags that help them understand is this a transparent price? Is it a good price for me to buy this vehicle at? Which is really difficult for them when... You know, every vehicle is unique and it's not a purchase they make that often. So yeah. they'll be seeing that price flag, which obviously is powered by AI, but I'm not sure a consumer would necessarily yeah. pick up on that. You see, because it is dead abstract. I mean, like when you're talking, again, like the, the universe of AT and the, the whole gravity and physics, etc. And, and when you think about the machine learning and the tech platform, like blows my mind, but it's the, it's the tangible things that I, I'm not going to say like, you're like me, but I'm definitely not sat on that side of the side of the couch. Is how we just like we can tangibly yeah. feel and touch. Go, actually, that's that's powered by AI. That's powered by AI. That's powered by AI. Yeah. So it is. It is fascinating. Yeah, I think so much of the the I guess the value that we give retailers, and they'll be using so much of um, our data that uses AI. Yeah. Um, in their kind of everyday everything that they do in terms of sourcing or pricing vehicles or advertising vehicles. I think it's very much ingrained in, in the products that we provide. Yeah. And is there awareness, uh, it's probably throughout, so awareness within the sort of retail community around what we're doing in AI? Is that something we've been talking to retailers about? I think we've been trying to do that more. <clears throat> so we, we did a, a, a webinar recently uh, on this topic of AI, um, and I think we're trying to draw more attention to the tools that we've already built. Um, and we have built quite a few different tools and, and again going back to the point I made earlier about helping people navigate spaces that are hard to navigate even for a retailer understanding the market dynamics and supply and demand and um, how quickly cars are going to sell via retail rating that, that's hard so we're helping provide a tool to help navigate this space and, and be more successful as a retailer um, yeah I, it's a strange thing that we've all been facing this last year because of chat gpt really but before that i don't think we try to sort of split out things that we did to yeah. help people with ai yeah it's, it's not like, like the little it was a tool by ai yeah yeah exactly i mean it's a tool right so 
we would do the whole product development cycles and say, right, what kind of things can we build? And it, can we, if we can apply machine learning AI into that and make a better product, then we will. But it was really about the product, not really about the AI. But I think uh, externally now, people are sort of almost wanting us to, I mean, we don't really want to, we don't like to boast. So we don't really want to talk about that stuff too much, but feels like people want to know specifically what we're doing with yeah. AI. So we're sort of trying to change that a little bit. But before that, we just, we'd, we'd, have, we'd have launched something like Price Indicator Flags to help with pricing transparency. We wouldn't have said, powered by AI, you know, yeah, we just yeah. wouldn't yeah. Really yeah, have I mean, bothered with that. But as this LLMs particularly have matured in the last few years, we've, you know, just um, taken them on board and we're starting to look at what we can do with that. But just part and parcel of everything we've been doing all this time. Yeah. And beyond then, obviously, and going back into serious mode now, is obviously the ecosystem that we've got, like retailers, consumers. What about like industry-wide or within educational universities? Are we doing any more like collaborations of things that we're learning and sharing our knowledge around either progressing in technology or particular techniques? Is there, is there anything we're doing on that front as well? Because I know we do a lot of where it isn't just specifically for the two-sided marketplace. Yeah, I'd so certainly, I mean, I know you can jump in about what we do with universities and data science, but on the engineering side, um, one of the things that, as a technologist, I'm always really keen that we do as a tech business is share what we learn and what we can contribute back to the technology industry. So we do a lot around blog posts. In fact, I think we've got more data blog posts than anything else in technology. Sorry if any of our tech people listen to this, but I think that's true. And we do a lot around conferences and um, contributing in that way. And it, it really, really, and you know, podcasts like this where we talk about data and other stuff. And it really helps. It helps us because we can give back to the industry. So if we learn how to do something awesome with data, I don't know, as a technologist, I want to bring that back to the rest of the yeah. the community. But it really does work. So when people join us, they, they seem to know about that if they're interested in data. Like they've, they've found out about us through through that, but also... Lots of different companies reach out to us and want to share ideas with us. I think that's great because that's how we all progress in the technology space. So I think that's that's awesome. And that just makes me feel like we definitely work at a really great technology business if we can do that. Yeah. What about on the like the university then basis? That that I find fascinating to be honest. Yeah, we were sort of quite quite early started doing that um kind of collaborative work with universities. So we've been doing masters projects for many years now. Um and we cover a wide range of topics. Um, and in 2019, we actually started doing um, work on NLP and large language models um, with MMU. So we've got a, a track record of doing collaborations with them. Then we've had a PhD student, and we are currently about to go out with that for a postdoc at MMU to look at LLMs. So we've, we've got quite a, a, a long track record of doing these collaborations. It's been very fruitful, um, more fruitful than maybe even hoped at first. Wow. Um, so we've had some great sort of proof of concept work done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think those, those kind of collaborations, from from what I hear, can be quite hard to get to work. And I think that's partly because it's a very different world, different environment, understanding the constraints. But because we've got a lot of expertise, academic expertise within the team at Autotrader, we've, we've managed to make those work really well for us. Yeah. So. so is that where like sort of PhD students come in, work alongside our data scientists, or we give them like problems that they could try and like solve? How does it work? Um, well, the master's projects each year we set uh, projects with the university and students yeah. will sort of um, do the project for us. Right. 
Cool. Because it's funny because I was Googling Peter Appleby the other day and it turns out that my one of my maths professors, because this is the thing that me and Pete talk about all the time, that we're the same, but we're not. Uh, and he's also called Peter Appleby. So there must be something definitely in the uh, in the maths genes about Peter Appleby's. Um, well, it's not a name. You can't give him the name. We're going to be like, prove to be good at maths. Yeah, get the name. Yeah, 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 the name. He's, yeah. It's, it's, actually it's, called, it's, it's, it's actually called David, but he's now he's now quite Peter Appleby as his uh, yeah. data science. Pete, uh, Peter Appleby. Yeah. profile. Right. Okay. All right. So then <laughs> we've done loads of looking back. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I start with Catrione. He's looking forward then, especially like thinking of strategy insights. What the without them revealing like NASA type secrets, what are the sort of the interesting things that you see on the horizon around like leveraging AI, whether it be in society or how all trader? Yes, I mean I think one of the most interesting things about the area is that you can talk to lots and lots of really smart people who know a ton about AI and how they think it's gonna evolve and really educated guess, but and have good ideas of where to test things, but Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen in the future, which is really, really fascinating. Um, but I think, I think with an automotive, there's tons and tons of opportunities. Um, and I think if we just think about some of the pain points that, I don't know, consumers when they're looking for a vehicle, you know, you can come onto AutoTrader and there's over 450 vehicles on any day on site. And how do you, everyone's unique. So how do you find the one that really works for you? And, you know, you've got so many different questions about that vehicle and is it going to fit in the garage is it going to fit your golf clubs do you want an electric vehicle do you want petrol or diesel all these different questions around buying that car and it's obviously one of the biggest purchases that people make in their life um and it is it's a complex journey it takes people a long time yeah. at the moment um so i think there's just lots and lots of things that could be done to help consumers along that journey and like just give them a bit easy. more confidence yeah. in that that is the exact right car for them. Um, yeah. So I think there's lots that can be done there. And we just, we know that a lot of consumers come into the journey and I think only like one in 10 actually know exactly what they want. So yeah. just like huge scope to help, yeah, yeah. help there. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because me and my wife were looking at a car on the weekend and it was one of the ones was around the old EV and charging and it was blowing my mind. Like, how can you, I just want to be able to ask a really simple question yeah. and get the answer. Um, but so then, for if that's from like a consumer and retailer or consumer perspective, what about yourself, Darren, from like a platform capability perspective? Is there anything you're seeing that you're like going, oh, that's going to be exciting or I might see that on the horizon? So I think there's definitely going to be some really significant changes off the back of large language models that, and chat GPTs showing, like excited everybody that it might be possible. I think for a little trader, it'll definitely be the sort of thing that feels like it will do a lot more like virtual assistant stuff and helping people with natural language sort of questions. You know, maybe that's like your point there around ask us a question about electric vehicles and because we've got lots and lots of data about the automotive, we can help with that kind of thing. So I think there's lots of things like that. It is sort of a balance in that domain. I mean, like the, the hype around it's insane. So everybody in the world is sort of trying to differentiate themselves or create something new so that there's a it's it's actually hard to sort of see what you want we want to bet on because it's like you could bet on one thing and it's all oh, no, and it's moved along again now it's yeah. so fast so there's sort of this balancing act that we've got to have which is probably not to be first but it's not any later than second maybe so you know you want to you want to be second but not like not third because yeah. it's if you're third you're probably losing out as well yeah so i mean the, the hype is insane because like my yeah. mate my mate's a plumber and uh we went on holiday and they were chatting around chat gpt and i'm like what like conversation 
it's not like the the intelligent lads but it's like why where's this conversation yeah. come from and he's like it is insane how much like press coverage yeah it's really really capture people's imagination yeah but i think as darren was saying it's i said earlier that it's just another tool in our toolbox for doing solving various problems where we've got compelling product ideas that are will be enhanced by these different air techniques we will use them but we're not we're not keen just to do something with a particular technique just for the sake of it yeah yeah i'll give you i'll give you an example like the the whole conversational thing like chat gpt um there's a whole thing about you know how far do you go with that on your product your platform and people talk about like conversational commerce so you could you know you could basically you could do everything through a chat interface but then the balance of that is is that a good product um and like i saw this great blog post a few weeks ago where someone had written it and said these sort of techniques could have could in theory sort of like unbundle your products because you've designed your product to work a certain way and this chat thing is almost going around that and that actually might not be the better experience but in a lot of cases it could be so i think a lot of this sometimes is about whatever we do with ai it's like we can we can feasibly do it but should we do it is is the other thing like does it does, does it, it make, make it better? Does it make it better? Right. Or is it just... So just not vanity? doing it for, yeah, for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah. Having it glowing blue with a little power by it. But I, but I do I do think the large angle thing will will have a substantial change to just so much stuff for everybody, really. Yeah. But we'll we'll see it start to kind of permeate through Autrader. But, I mean, through all of our products, really, you sort of see, you sort of map out, like, how much have we done AI in our products over time? You can see it's, it's an upy graph. It's just going up and up. So yeah. it, it, you just... You almost the more you find the more that you you do it i think the thing that i'm pleased about though when you speak to other companies like to get there and do this sort of stuff well you do need that data platform yeah. underneath it so a lot of companies now are like how right well oh god we need this we need this data platform now in order to do chat gpt basically and it's like they've got they've got a lot of work to get to that right. level of maturity yeah um but i think it'll change people in lots of other ways like um things like generating tweets or what what do they call them now x x's i don't know i don't know i've got a i've got a podcast on social media where i'm going to get educated on yeah everything so we could write you out of this we could just generate well you know what script for you i was was thinking about this we could just stick the hologram and just give it a bit of a muttly type voice me and then you were done yeah you yeah we'll do that next time we'll try we'll see we'll hack (laughs) well um next 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 podcast we'll get get you to do one how do we hack him out but right. like, but techniques and mathematical techniques. Then, Pete, is there anything that we're seeing coming out like the within the university or any other? Like you said, LLMs came on board more recently. Is there any other new or exciting mathematical advances that we're looking at? Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, there's always a lot of exciting maths happening, Pete. Um, I think, but the, I think the LLM is it's captured everyone's imagination and it's it, it's the scale of it. But there's going to be some big developments with with those. I think. Um, we'll see increasing power in smaller versions of LLMs. So at the moment, we're in a stage that I, I believe that the networks are um, don't need to be as big as they are. I think we're in an early stage, and I think they'll get smaller, they'll get more efficient. I think you see this with a lot of technology, it gets more efficient yeah. and more compact. That will happen too with the LLMs. So I think many people would like to see them on devices like a, a phone in your pocket, and in order to get there, it's going to have to become much more efficient. But that's definitely a trend that I, I, I see coming. Wow. Smaller, cheaper, more specialized. Exactly. Yeah. Do. I do like small. And at the moment, you need quite a lot of hardware to run these the, the big yeah. models. Um, it will it would unlock even further when you can run them on, on much more yeah. modest hardware. But but they are like we 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 could try next time then, Pete. We could 
generate a script for you and we'll do a bake-off and see which one yeah. ends up performing better on the podcast. <laughs> you, know you know what? It sounds like you make my on now. Easier, yeah. Maybe I won't learn as much, but um, no, that was insane. Um, cheers for that. So if anyone listening of you wants to know more, you've now got three names that you can no doubt tap up. So thanks to Catriona, Darren and Peter. Uh, thanks for tuning in and remember to please like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, hit the notification button so you never miss an episode and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And that's us done. Catch you for another episode. Bye.